say that a lot, but uh, I am thankful for the goodness of God. All my life, God has been faithful to me. And I know you can say the same thing. All of our life, He has been faithful. And His goodness is running after you. His goodness and mercy. The psalmist David said in Psalm 23 that, that uh, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So his goodness is running after you and me today. Amen. I just wanted to mention, Brother Andy announced the men's uh, conference next Saturday. That's this coming Saturday coming up, and uh, from 10 o'clock until 3, lunch will be provided and um, the the um, the minister is uh, James Bolin, who is the director of Teen Challenge in Cape Girardeau. So you will be blessed. And there is a sign-up sheet. So we've had a few sign- guys sign up. If you're planning on going, put your name on the list out there, and we'll um, we'll be leaving here. I guess we'll probably take the church van and. Um, uh, head on up there Saturday morning, this coming Saturday morning, and uh, we'll probably leave between 8.30 and 9, all right? We'll get a more direct time a little later on, but looking forward to that, all right. Okay, do you have your Bible this morning? Everybody got your Bible? Open with me to the book of John, to the gospel of John, chapter number 14. And I'm going to read some scripture here that is very familiar to all of us today uh, from John chapter number 14. And I'm going to begin reading with verse number 15 down through about verse number 18, okay? St. John's Gospel, the words of Jesus, chapter 14, verse 15. And it says this, If you love me... Keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and shall be in you, I will not leave you comfortless or leave you orphans, but I will come to you. I want to preach this morning for a few moments, deal with the subject of new dimensions of life in the Spirit. New dimensions of life in the Spirit. Would you bow your heads with me this morning and let's ask God's blessing upon the Word of God today and upon the ministry of His Word. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And we thank you so much for this opportunity to be here, to be in the house of the Lord and to worship today in spirit and in truth. I'm asking you this morning for the Holy Spirit to touch and anoint me today and use me, speak through my lips today to deliver that which you've laid upon my heart. I pray that you will open our hearts today to everyone in this congregation to receive the Word of God into their hearts, the seed upon the good soil of our hearts. 
that it will bring forth fruit. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus and give you praise. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. In this passage in John chapter 14, these, as I said, are familiar words that you have read many, many times. And if you've been in church much, you've probably heard this passage quoted and preached from on various occasions. But these words are some of the parting words of the Lord Jesus Christ to his disciples just, um, you know, hours before he was to go to the cross. As Jesus spoke to the disciples here this night, he assured them that he was going to intercede for them, for the Father, to the Father, and that the Father would send them and give them another comforter. The word comforter there is the Greek word paraclete or parakletos, which means one who is called alongside to help. Many translations translate that word as helper, and which is accurate because the Holy Spirit was given and it was sent to be our helper. Amen. I'm, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm glad today for the help of the Holy Spirit. I couldn't make it without the help of the Holy Spirit. We couldn't do what we do without the help, the leading, the guiding, and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. So thank God for the comforter. When Jesus gave these words to the disciples there that night, they didn't fully understand then um, what he was really talking about. But they would receive the full revelation of what he was saying to them on the day of Pentecost. Just a few days from this point, 50 days or so, uh, into the future on Pentecost, they would get the full revelation of what Jesus was trying to say to them on this evening. But upon receiving the Holy Ghost, upon receiving the baptism of the Spirit, they would enter into a new dimension of living for God. The Holy Spirit, as Jesus said to them here in verse 17, the Holy Spirit was at that point in time with them. But there was coming a day in the near future when he would be in them. Amen. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit ministered in a different way than he does under the New, Cove uh, under the new Covenant. In the Old Covenant, he moved upon certain individuals upon certain times. And as far as the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the anointing was only upon the king, the prophet, and the priest. And as I said, upon certain individuals as was needed to do certain things or certain jobs or certain uh, duties that God had called them to do. But now under the new covenant, praise God, it's the Holy Spirit's not just to move upon individuals at certain times, but the Holy Spirit has come to make His home, to make His dwelling, and to abide inside the heart and the life of every believer. Amen. Praise
praise God. I'm glad for that. When Jesus died on the cross and that veil was rent into from the top to the bottom and opened up the holy place and exposed the holy of holies, the Spirit of God moved out of there and there was going to be a new dwelling place, a new temple, a new abode for the Spirit of God. And it was going to be in the hearts and in the lives and in the bodies of those who are children of God. Amen. He would become or they would become the temples of the Holy Ghost. And after Pentecost, the Holy Ghost would usher them into a new dimension of living. It would be a new dimension of prayer that they would experience. There would be a new dimension of worship. There would be a new dimension of victorious living that they were going to experience that they didn't understand at this point in time. But when you read the New Testament and you find out these disciples, what a change. And I know this is not Pentecost Sunday yet, but what a change was made in their life from before Pentecost to after Pentecost. Amen. Before Pentecost, they hid themselves. After the crucifixion of Jesus, they were hidden in, in, in behind closed doors for fear of the Jews. But after Pentecost, after that 10 days in that upper room, they were baptized with the fire of God from heaven, with the power from on high. They came out of that upper room that, 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 that Sunday morning filled with the power of God, with the power of the Holy Spirit. And here was Peter who was a few days later denying the Lord, but now he stands up when they accuse them, you know, of being drunk with new wine. He said, men and brethren, these are not drunk as you suppose. It's only the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel and in the last days saith the Lord, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Hallelujah! Your old men will, will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. I'm telling you the spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost but I've got some good news. Hallelujah! That stream, that river has never dried up. He's still pouring out his spirit upon everybody who desires to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. They entered into a new dimension of life. A new dimension. And I want to tell you something today, ladies and gentlemen, that the Holy Spirit of God still wants to have full control of your life. God's will and God's desire is to fill each and every one of us with the power of the Holy Spirit today. He wants to bring you into a new dimension of the Spirit in your life today and God wants each of us to be filled with His power and with His Spirit. Can I get an amen? Do you believe it? He desires that. I believe today that, you know, and I pray this on a, on a regular basis for everyone here at Abundant Life Family Church to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That is my prayer and that is my desire for this church. And I know it is the will of God for each and every one of us to be filled with His Spirit and power. And when we talk about that, we know, and I think we all are aware, most of us, 
are, that there's two measures of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit does come into our heart and life at the new birth. He comes into us um, to abide in us, to every believer that is born again. Uh, he's, that's the spirit of regeneration. And I know a lot of people say, well, when I got saved, I got the Holy Spirit. Well, you did to a degree. He came to live in you, but there is still a greater dimension of the Holy Spirit that every believer is to receive. See, the world can receive the spirit of regeneration, but what Jesus was talking about here in John chapter 14, he said this experience the world cannot receive. The world can receive Jesus as Savior. They can receive the spirit of, of regeneration and the new birth, but, it, but this baptism in the Holy Spirit, this new dimension of life in the Spirit that Jesus was talking about to his disciples that night is for every for those who have already been saved, those who have already been born again, those whose names are already written in the book of life. So listen to me, Abundant Life Church. If you're here this morning and you are a child of God and never yet received the fullness of the Spirit, the gift of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you today, God's will, God's desire, God wants you to be filled to overflowing with the gift of the Holy Ghost today. Come on, amen. Hallelujah. We are a spirit-filled church and a spirit-filled ministry and we believe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit that every believer, God wants to fill you after you are saved with the power of the Holy Ghost. Now there's a new dimension that comes. When you receive the power of the Spirit in your life, there's a new dimension of life, of spiritual life that comes that you receive. And the first thing that I want to bring to you this morning is the fact that when you're filled with the Spirit of God, there's a new dimension of prayer that you enter into. Are you listening to me? There's a new, and let me say that again, there's a new dimension of prayer. How many of y'all would agree with me today that prayer, prayer is one of the most vital aspects of the believer's life? A prayer life is very very important to us, amen, to our spiritual growth, to our spiritual development. And when you think about a prayerless Christian life, I mean, well, it's just unthinkable to think about somebody that, that, is, that is saved, that loves the Lord, that, that, that claims Jesus as Savior, but they never talk to the Father. They never talk to the Lord. They don't have a prayer life. There is so much strength today that comes in our life through our prayer life. I try my best here at Abundant Life to encourage believers to, to develop a prayer life. That's one of the first things that we tell young converts after they get saved and come to know Jesus. You need to begin to, you need to come to church, number one. You need to develop a prayer life 
life and have a daily communication with the Lord. And you need to get into the Word of God and read your Bible every day. Through prayer, you're talking to God. Through the Word of God, God's talking to you. So you need both. You need that two-way communication. So a prayer life is so vitally important. Jesus knew this, and Jesus warned of weakness that would be experienced if prayer were neglected. He talked about it in Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, and he gave that parable of the of the widow and the unjust judge, but To begin that parable, Jesus spoke a parable, the Bible says, to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. That word faint means to lose heart. It means to give up. It means to turn coward. It means just to, 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 you know, just to fold up and to, to give in. And you know what? There's so many people today in this world today and within the church over the last couple of years we've seen so many that their faith has just faltered and failed and fell by the wayside I believe that a lot of that and I can't say I don't know the heart or their life not not maybe everyone but a lot of people falter and fail and lose heart and give up and cave in simply because they've not developed a, a, a good prayer life and spend time in communication with God we need prayer can I get an amen prayer is not something that you just use in an emergency to throw a prayer up and think, you know, well, I'm in trouble. I need to pray. As somebody said, well, has it come to that? Are we going to have to pray? In other words, I'm not going to pray unless an emergency. No, I'm going to tell you what. If you wait till you're, if you wait to pray when you're in trouble, then you're already in trouble. You've got to develop a life of prayer and communication and fellowship with God and be in His presence every single day. Hallelujah! You need to set aside some time every day to get in that prayer closet. And Jesus said get in that closet and shut the door and speak to and commune with your Father which sees in secret and your Father that sees in secret will reward you openly. Can I get an amen here today? Oh, hallelujah. I feel his presence today. Do you feel the Holy Ghost in this service? We've got to have a prayer life. And many have faltered and fell away simply because they become weak and fainted because of lack of prayer. We've got to start today. If you don't have a prayer life, start today. Amen. I'm not going to tell you how long to pray. The Bible doesn't really tell us how long to pray, but it does say, get in a closet. Close the door. Get alone with the Lord. Somebody said, well, I pray when I'm in my deer stand, or I pray when I'm driving to work. Well, that's good, but that's more meditation. I'm talking about getting in the room and shutting the door behind you and calling out on the Lord and talking out loud. Can I pray in my heart? Yeah, you can. But you need to talk out loud and let your own ears hear your voice talking to your heavenly Father. If you'll pray, you will not faint. You need that prayer time. But the Holy Spirit, and and there are times... If you have developed a prayer life, and a lot of times we say, well, I don't know exactly how to pray. I don't know. You know, I feel so helpless. I feel barren. I don't know how to pray or many times what to pray for. 
And I think we've all been there. But thank God, here's where we enter into that new dimension of prayer. Thank God for the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Helper. Amen? He's the Helper. And He will help us in our prayer life. He comes to help us in our weakness. Paul writing in Romans chapter 8. You all know this verse. These verses, but in Romans 8 and 26, Paul talks about infirmities or weaknesses of the flesh. And he says, likewise, the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit helps our infirmities or our weaknesses. For we know not. And here's the weakness that he's specifically targeting here. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But, how many has ever been there that you just don't know what to pray for? Notice, as you ought to pray. We know to pray. We know to pray for someone that's sick. But maybe we don't know exactly how to pray for that individual. We can pray, God, touch them and heal them. We can pray for the lost. God, deal with them and save them. We can pray for financial needs or whatever and ask God to meet them. But there's, but, but there's so, only so far we can go. In our own understanding, there's a weakness of the flesh that we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. But he goes on to say there, Paul did, even when we have that weakness that we don't know what to pray for as we ought, <laughs> oh, hallelujah, there's a, there's a new dimension of prayer. Once you've received the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and you've received that prayer language, there is a new dimension of prayer that you can enter into. Can I get an amen here today? But he goes on and he says, but the Spirit, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Thank God here's the promise that we have that when we don't know what to pray or how to pray as we ought, my Lord if we've got the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us, we can turn to Him and say, Holy Spirit, You are my helper and You're living inside of me. I'm depending upon You. I've prayed all I know. I don't know how to pray for this situation, but Lord, You know all things. Holy Ghost, You know all things. Give me utterance. Help me to pray. Pray through me. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost will pray through you and with groanings and with other tongues to pray the perfect will of God in your life. Come on, that's the perfect prayer. He always prays in line with the perfect will of God. That is a new dimension of prayer. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. It's spirit-empowered praying. The prayer language that God gives us. It's the most important part. And I know people say, well, what good is tongues? We had a manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit here in the service this morning. We had an utterance in tongues and the interpretation in tongues. The utterances in tongues was the gift of diverse kinds of tongues spoken of that Paul mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. The interpretation that was given to let 
you know the meaning of what was said in tongues was edifying to you. If there hadn't been an interpretation, just an utterance in tongues, that would have been speaking to God only. He would have been the only one that understands, and you wouldn't have got edification. So tongues in a public service without interpretation doesn't do the church any good. But when you're, oh, come on, somebody. But when you're in your prayer closet, and it's you and the Lord, you have been given that prayer language to pray, to intercede, to build yourself up by the Spirit of God. It's a new dimension, ladies and gentlemen, of praying. And I tell you what, it's been lost. Come on, it's been lost. Even among Pentecostal full gospel people, this power of the Holy Spirit to intercede and to help us to pray has been lost. I encourage our prayer group when we have prayer meetings on Tuesday and Saturday, we pray a corporate prayer together. But then we get we, we separate and find us a place somewhere to pray. And I encourage them, pray in the Holy Ghost. Let the Holy Ghost pray through you. My Lord, we need both kinds of praying. Can I get an amen? Paul said, if I pray, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. But what does he say? How be it then I will pray with my spirit or in tongues. And I will pray with my understanding. I'll pray both ways. And ladies and gentlemen, we as believers need, that's why we need, we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You need the help of the Holy Ghost. You need God to help you to have that dynamic prayer life to pray the will of God and to pray about things that you do not know. He will help you to do that. That's why He's given you the Holy Ghost to be your helper. Amen? Praying in the Spirit. Paul said, if I pray, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. He said, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. It's the human spirit quickened by the Holy Spirit, communing with the Father. You're speaking, when you're in your prayer closet praying in tongues, praying in the unknown tongue, speaking, you're, speak, you're not speaking to men. People say, well, you're, you're, you're praying in that tongue. You don't understand what you're saying. I ain't talking to me. I ain't talking to you. I'm talking to my Father, and He does. It says that in the Spirit, He speaks mysteries. It's divine secrets that the Holy Ghost on the inside of me is carrying on with the Heavenly Father, allowing me to pray for people and situations and needs in your life, in this church, and in my own life. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. We got Jesus making intercession at the right hand of the Father and the Holy Ghost making intercession on the inside of us. Come on, amen. It's a dynamic life, prayer life in the Spirit when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul said, he that speaks in that unknown tongue builds up and edifies himself. Jude said, 
said that we build up ourselves. That word building up or edifying means to build up like you're building an edifice, like you're building a house. It's not meaning that you're puffing yourself up with pride. It's talking about a spiritual edification and development. My Lord, we need this kind of praying, saints. I said we with everything that's going on in the world today with lost people that need to be saved, with our family members that need to be brought back to God. We need the help and the intercession of the Holy Spirit praying through us and in us a dynamic life of prayer. Amen? When the Holy Ghost gives us those special urges, and if you are spirit-filled and have been for any number of years, you know when the Holy Spirit starts giving you an urge to pray. Anybody ever been there? You just feel like I got to pray. There's some I don't know what it is. I don't know the need, but the Spirit of God is urging me to pray. My Lord, that's when you need to yield to that. Go in a prayer closet somewhere. Get alone with the Lord and let the Holy Ghost pray through you and give you the utterance to pray the will of God. You may be praying for somebody that's in danger. You may be praying for a family member that needs, has a dire need and needs prayer right then. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and let Him pray through us and yield to those urges to pray in the Spirit. Can I get an amen? So it's a dynamic prayer life. There's a new dimension of prayer, but secondly... There's also, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, He brings you into a new dimension of worship. I don't know, oh, hallelujah. I don't know about anybody else, but I love Pentecostal worship. Anybody with me? Huh? I do, I just do. I've been in it all my life, and I just wouldn't be happy with anything else. And so... The Lord made a statement. He made a startling statement in John chapter 4. And you can read it when you get home. But it's the, the, the narrative of Jesus and the woman of, at Samaria, the woman at the well. And the conversation that Jesus carried on with that woman at the well. And Jesus made a statement in John chapter number 4. And verse number 23 and 24. Listen to what he said. Jesus said to this woman at the, at, at the well at Samaria. He said the hour comes and now is. Notice this. When the true worshipers. When the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. But notice this. This is amazing. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must, notice that word, must worship Him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Jesus made the statement statement to this lady and said that the Father God was seeking true worshipers. 
Amen? He was seeking somebody to worship him in a right way and in a true way. And I just happen to believe that God, the Father, is still seeking true worshipers and true worship to get today. My prayer is, oh, Father God, let, that you will find true worship at Abundant Life Family Church. That we will never be a church that just goes through the motions. That we will never be a church that just, just you know, says, well, we got to hurry up and boom, 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 get through this and get out and get home. No, but we will have worship that is worship in truth, but but, but worship also that is worship in the spirit that we will worship him in the spirit when we come let me tell you something ladies and gentlemen when we come together on Sunday morning when we come together on Sunday night when we come together on Wednesday night we come to do one thing we come to this house yes to hear the preaching of the word but we come to worship our king we come to worship our God we come to lift up the name of Jesus we come to give him praise and adoration and honor and I'm telling you the Bible says that Jesus when we when the Holy Ghost comes he will glorify Jesus he will not speak of himself but he will speak of Jesus and when we begin to worship Jesus in truth and in spirit the Holy Spirit of God will manifest himself in our midst and in our presence amen there will be a move and an operation and a manifestation of the presence of God. That Old Testament form of worship had degenerated into a formal performance. Those Jews would go and offer their sacrifices. They would just go through the motions. It didn't really have an effect upon their lives or their daily living. It was done. Their worship was done just as a form, an outward form, without any heart, without any spirit. But God was calling them. That's what Jesus was saying. That's what Jesus was saying. God was calling them and wanted them to worship from their heart, not just their head. That's what he's calling us today. He wants your heart. He don't want you just to come and go through some kind of a form. There's many today that have the form of godliness but don't have the power. He's wanting this church, you as a believer, to be filled with the spirit and come through those doors bringing the garment of praise bringing the sacrifice of praise bringing a worship to the Lord in the spirit so you can leave here full and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life why don't you give the Lord a praise today oh it's worship in spirit and in truth and the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit makes worship meaningful it makes it meaningful for God and to God. And it makes it meaningful for the worshiper as well. The spirit-filled believer, ladies and gentlemen, it's a new dynamic in your life, in the life of worship. That spirit-filled believer, you as a believer filled with the Holy Spirit, are anointed of God to worship. The Bible says that we... Under the new covenant are a kingdom of priests. We are a royal priesthood. We are priests and kings unto God. And we are anointed of the Spirit to worship Him 
in spirit and in truth. Come on, amen. Paul said that we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit. When you worship with your spirit, when you're moved on by the Holy Spirit, when you're worshiping in the spirit, the whole soul and mind and feelings and emotions are involved in your worship. It's not just sitting there. I've seen them, people come, you know, and it's not, look, it's not just standing there like this. Well, move me if you can. No, we got to come and get into, enter in. Somebody said, well, I don't really feel like it. Offer a sacrifice. Come on if you don't feel like it. But enter in. Do something. Praise Him. Get it from down on the inside of you. And as you begin to worship, you'll cast off that spirit of heaviness and the praise of God will fill your soul. It's a dynamic, dynamic, dynamic life of worship in the Spirit, in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Amen. Peter said we're lively stones. Boy. Lively stones. Do I need to say that again? Lively stones. Building up a spiritual house to offer spiritual sacrifices. Thank God we don't bring those ox and bullocks and lambs and stuff and offer them, but we come to the house of God and we offer up the spiritual sacrifices of our praise and worship. And Jesus said, God is seeking such to worship Him in spirit and in truth. So the Holy Spirit enhances our worship. Would you agree with that? Pentecostal worship, spirit-filled worship is so unique and so wonderful. And it includes several things. And you can look it up. You can read it in the Bible. But I know sometimes Pentecostals have been criticized for our worship. And I've heard people come. I've had people come and say, well, you know, I don't see no need and getting all excited and all of that carrying on and, um, you know, getting so exuberant when you preach. You know I've tried you know that I've tried and I've said I've even said to the Lord I'm standing still I'm going to talk just in a conversational tone but it's just something about my makeup ladies and gentlemen that when I start talking about Jesus and start talking about his goodness and start talking about his word and start thinking about all he's done for me how he saved me how he changed me how he lifted me up and filled me with the Holy Ghost it's just something in me makes me want to shout makes me want to praise the Lord the Holy Ghost gets a stirring down on the inside and I've got to worship him with all that is within me come on amen it's a new dynamic of worship. And, you know, when you read the Bible, you find that, that worship, true worship, spirit-filled worship involves singing and, and, and prophesying. It involves lifting up the hands. People say, why do you do that? Why do you raise your hands? When I first got saved, it's the hardest thing in the world. Everybody was lifting their hands. And I wanted to so bad. But I just, I'd start to and there's something holding them down. I finally wear, I can 
could get them up about like this. But one day, praise God, I don't know what happened, but I believe it was after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen. I was coming into the house of God and they'd start singing those old songs of Zion and there was just something about it. All of a sudden, my hands were lifted up. I'm going to tell you, Psalms, the book of Psalms, I believe it's 134, says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Let my prayer, David said, be set before you as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. We need to get our hands raised. It's a sign of surrender. It's a sign that we worship the Lord. Lift up those hands that hang down and praise him and get into a new dynamic of spiritual worship in the spirit of God. Give him praise today. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a new dimension of prayer and of praise and of worship. But it's a new dimension of living. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is a new dimension of dynamic living. It's just something that happens to you. The Holy Ghost, when you are filled with the Spirit, not only gives you power in prayer, He gives you that sweet anointing of worship and praise, but He also gives you something else. And it's called power. Acts 1 and 8, the words of Jesus said to his disciples, the last words he said to them before he ascended to heaven, and you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and in all the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus told them also in that same, at that same time before his ascension, in Luke 24 and 49, he said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued or clothed upon with power from on high. Acts 1 and 4 said that he commanded them not to depart but to wait for the promise of the Father. For he said, Jesus said, for John truly baptized you with water but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He was commanding them. He was telling them, go to Jerusalem to be 
filled with the Spirit because you're going to need some power. He didn't tell them to go out and preach. He didn't tell them to go out and build a church. He didn't tell them to go out and start a Sunday school. He didn't tell them to do anything until after they had been to that upper room, after they had been and waited and tarried, until that day came that the Holy Ghost was poured out upon them that they would be filled with power. And oh my, ladies and gentlemen, they were filled with power. Come on from on high. If there's anything that we need today, it's that power. That Greek word power is dunamis. It means power. It means ability, efficiency, might, and strength. It includes an anointing and power to lay hands on the sick, as Jesus said, and see them healed and recover. It includes power and authority over evil spirits and demon spirits. Amen. It includes power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. I'm telling you, in this last day that we're living in, when evil is surrounding us and evil men are getting worse and worse, we need a fresh baptism of the power and endowment of power from Almighty God to be the witnesses we need to be for Jesus Christ. Power to share the gospel. Power to tell others. A boldness to tell others about Jesus. I'm not talking about going up and grabbing somebody by the nap of the neck and saying, you need to turn or burn. (laughs) I'm talking about sharing with them the good news of the gospel. Somebody said, I don't know how to witness. Just t- are, if, are you saved? Did God do something good for you? Just tell them what Jesus did for you and what Jesus did in your life and what He did for you, He will do for them as well. That's a, that's a witness. We need the power of the Holy Ghost to, to give us the boldness to do that, the wisdom to do that, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it's power to witness. Let me close this out. It's also power for our walk, our daily walk. You need power from the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, to live for God. I've heard people say, well, I would get saved, but I'm not sure, I don't think I could live it. Well, they just ain't wanting to give something up. They just got something they don't want to turn loose of. Because I'll guarantee you, when you you turn your heart and life over to Jesus Christ and surrender to Him and get the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, He, the Holy Spirit, gives you the power and the ability to live for God. It's not you. It's not you that breaks the power and the yoke and the bondage of sin off of your life. It's the anointing. It's the power of the Spirit on the inside of you that gives you the power to the ability, the the energizing force of the Spirit that you can live for the Lord and overcome sin and live the life you need to live for Jesus. How many can say amen to that? It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 gives us the walk of the believer, talks about the works of the flesh, and it talks about walking in the flesh or walking in the Spirit. 
We won't take time to. Well, I think I will read that before we dismiss here and close. But in Galatians chapter number 5, look what he says. Galatians chapter number 5 and verse 16. He says this. Paul said this then. I say then. Walk in the Spirit. We're talking about a new dynamic of life in the Spirit. Paul says when he lists here the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit, he says in verse 16, walk in the Spirit. That walk is your lifestyle. It's your conduct. Live your life in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts or the desires of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things you would if you live by the flesh with your confidence in your flesh you will not be able to live for God you will not be able to do the things that you want to do you will not be able to overcome sin that's why Paul said you're not walking in the flesh you're not dependent on your own ability or strength but you need to walk live by be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God that's on the inside of you. It's a new dynamic in living when you've got the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. You can walk right and talk right and live right and do right because you've got the Spirit of God living the life in you and through you. Can I get an amen? You will not Be controlled by the flesh as you walk in the power of the Spirit and are controlled by the Holy Spirit. The conflict is real. The struggle is real between the flesh and the Spirit. A lot of believers still being controlled by some measure of the flesh in their life. But the answer and the solution is walking in the Spirit. Verse 25, he says there in Galatians 5, verse 25, if you live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Verse 24, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the lusts and the affections thereof. It's a new dynamic in living, church. That walk is our lifestyle. The Holy Spirit is our sanctifier he is the one that works in us to sanctify listen you cannot sanctify yourself you cannot within your own strength or power or ability overcome the lusts of the flesh your willpower you may want to and desire to but if you depend upon yourself to do it you'll fail every time it's not by our might it's not by our power but by my spirit saith the Lord it's the Holy Spirit working in us and he works through our faith in that finished work of Christ at the cross 
It's the law of the spirit of life, Paul said, in Christ Jesus that has made me free from the law of sin and death. You got the spirit of life on the inside of you. If you're saved and filled with his spirit today, there is a power on the inside of you if you'll depend on him that will give you a dynamic prayer life, that will give you a dynamic worship life, and will give you a dynamic life in the spirit to overcome this world, to overcome the flesh, to overcome the devil, to overcome sin. I'm not preaching and don't preach sinless perfection, but I do preach this, that sin shall not have dominion over you, for you hallelujah are walking after the spirit and not after the flesh. Come on, say amen. We need that dynamic life in the spirit and that's my prayer for everybody here at Abundant Life Family Church. I'm going to ask the worship team, make your way back if you would. Listen. The Holy Spirit is your helper. He's your helper, your comforter, your paraclete. As Jesus said, I will not leave you orphaned. I'm leaving. I'm going back to the Father, Jesus said. But I will pray the Father. And He's going to send you another. And that word another means another of the same kind. I'm going to send you back the Holy Spirit, another comforter, and He will abide with you forever. He's our helper. And saints, we have got to depend upon Him to do the work that we need done in our lives to make us more like Jesus. If we want to be conformed into the true image of Christ's likeness as God wants us to be, that's what He's predestined us to, is to be conformed into the image of Christ, then we must keep our faith in Jesus and in the cross and His finished work and depend upon the Holy Spirit to do that work in us. He came to reside in you at the new birth, but that isn't all. He wants to baptize you and fill you with a greater power, with a new dynamic, and give you a greater life in the Spirit than you've ever known before. That's what He wants. He talked to that woman at that well, and He said, If you would ask me, I'd give you living water. It'd be a well of water, a well of water in you springing up to everlasting life. That's salvation. Salvation is likened to the new birth, a well of water springing up to everlasting life. But then in the temple at the, at the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus stood and cried on that eighth day, on that last day of that Feast of Tabernacles, and Jesus said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink, and out of his belly, his innermost being, shall flow no no not a well not a trickle not just a little stream but out of his belly out of his innermost being shall flow rivers not just a river rivers in the plural of living water this spake he of the spirit 
that they that would believe on him would receive the spirit of God the power of the Holy Ghost there's a well you get bubbling up to eternal life when you get born again but oh there's another experience when you come to Jesus and the river of the water of life flows from within you can I get an amen God wants every one of us at abundant life not just yeah to have the well of eternal life but he wants you to have the river of the Holy Ghost flowing from you today. A new dynamic of life in the Spirit. A greater prayer life. A greater worship life. A greater walk with Jesus. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Whom the Son is made free is free. Free indeed. Amen.